and welcome to the Young Pro Show. This is your host, yours truly, Dominic Fry. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Uh, if you didn't have a chance, check out the last episode. Highly, highly recommend it. Great show with Brad Bannister. Had a serious conversation, kind of talked about a pivotal point in his life, uh, having to you know, make a huge decision and move away from home, transfer colleges, and do what was best for him compared to you know, just riding the wave and just following everybody else and just doing what's comfortable. Great episode. Also, real quick plug, uh, feel free to rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. That just helps other people be able to find the show. And then we're also on social media. Now, I say we as if I have like a team. I am on social media <laughs> at The Young Pro Show on Twitter and on Instagram. It's at The Young Pro Show DJF. So feel free to give me a follow. Greatly, greatly appreciate that and love any sort of feedback. Today's show, today's show is special. Uh, I'm going to have to explain this from the get-go. The name of our guest is Jacob Howder. Now, for most of you, 99.99% of you, you're not going to know who Jacob Howder is. For 50% of you, if I tell you his nickname, you will understand. Longtime friend, ran cross-country together in high school, ran track, just followed each other and still kept up throughout the years. You know, actually run a couple hometown 5Ks last couple years together. Excited for this show. So, again, the title, since it's the young professional show, everything is going to say Jacob Powder on it. But I'm going to confuse everybody because I'm just so used to calling him Ted Mosby. That that's what I'm going to refer to him as the entire show. So, Ted, how are you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing great. It is wonderful to be in the Young Pro Show studio tonight. Oh, yeah, dude. We do it big here. We do it big at the Young Pro Show. The budget I have for the show is tremendous. You know what? Let's just start it with the name right there. Can we, like, give a brief... I want you to describe the story <laughs> briefly. Everybody from Pettisville, everybody from your hometown calls you Ted Mosby, but everybody, you know, you went to college and you introduced yourself as your real name, obviously, as Jacob. Mm-hmm. So I guess initially, where real quick, where did that Ted Mosby nickname come from? And then, is it weird having two completely different names for two different settings? Like, it's not like it's Jake and Jacob. It's Ted and Jake. Oh, man. When I was, uh, when I was a young kid, you know, first started at Pettisville, uh, <laughs> the people I, hang, I hung out with, man, we were, we were close friends. We were so tight, they didn't even know my name. So, <laughs> so they nicknamed me Ted Mosby, right? So some years passed. Eventually, I, uh, you know, get into junior high and, you know, the junior high is connected with the high school. I meet these friends that are a couple years older and they're like, dude, is that Ted <laughs> Mosby? So then, then it just stuck because uh, uh, everyone else was referring to me as Ted. So uh, that's how that's how the name just stuck from there. Uh, but but since then, you know, going to a new place where it'd take way too long and it'd be way too confusing to explain the story. You know, it was it was an all right transition uh, going to Jacob. Uh, of course, you know, from our hood, basically everyone still calls me Ted. But, uh, <laughs> outside of that, I mean, I'm, I'm able to uh, pretty well differentiate uh, the different, I guess, environments well, of my I- name. I just feel like, you know, is it awkward? And again, you know, maybe you're used to it now. But if you're in a public setting and mm-hmm. you just hear somebody yell out your name, I guess assuming they're talking to you, you know, like, I mean, Ted and Jacob are pretty popular names. You can instantly tell, hey, this is a friend from high school or this is somebody I know from high school or 
instantly, this is somebody that I know from college or from a different phase of life as well. Oh, man. Well, whenever I hear either of those names, I mean, my head always turns <laughs> because I, I associate that identity with myself. Um, it's usually when I'm, you know, back in our hometown is when, you know, I'm able to tell, all right, this is this is someone I know. Like, this person saying Ted is definitely <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, that is funny. That is great. So let's get started with the show. I'm, I'm excited to have you on. You're somebody that I feel like, especially intellectually speaking, you've always been a step ahead from your peers. You know, you've always been somebody that thinks outside the box, which I've always appreciated. And you're somebody that, you know, different conversations that we've had in the past that like, we talk about different things and I look at you like you're crazy, like you're growing a third eye out of it. <laughs> but then it's not until due time, until later when I realized, wait, this was what Ted was referring to. This was what he was talking about. I remember you in junior high, you know, you used to talk about you were a huge reader. You used to read all the time. And I'm like, dude, books are for losers, man. Like, who reads? And it's like, then as I get older, I'm like, dude, books have knowledge. Books are learning, are growth. And, you know, that's just a small little example. But that is one of the huge reasons why I'm so excited to have you on the show today is I feel like you're going to say something today that I'm going to be like, what the world? What is he talking about? And then, you know, in five years from now, when the Young Pro Show is on episode 780 and we bring you back in and I'm going to say, dude, Ted, remember when you were on episode seven? That was life changing, man. That blew my mind and it came true in time. So that's one of the main reasons why I am excited to have you here today, Ted. So thank you for taking your time to be on the show. Hey, man, I'm excited as well. And sometimes the things I say, they're just downright crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is true. All right. So let's start it off. Let's go back. I guess listeners that may not know Ted. So you just recently graduated college from BG. Mm -hmm. uh, and what was your degree in, Ted? So I actually dual majored in both marketing and business analytics. Okay. Awesome. So let's go back then to young Ted Mosby. It, going into college, 18 years old, what were your career goals at that point? You know, were you planning to go into marketing and data analytics, or did that change throughout college? When you graduated high school and people said, all right, Ted, what's the next step? What was your answer? You know, I never really thought, I never really had a clear answer for what exactly I wanted to do as a career. Um, I did, however, know that my main two interests were philosophy and public speaking. Huh. In terms of philosophy, I mean, I wasn't about to major in that in college. And uh, with public speaking, I realized a communications degree probably wasn't the best move either. So I kind of went for the best of both worlds and decided to pursue marketing, which was the, uh, I guess, the business flavor of those two uh, topics. So, Ted, at what moment did you realize that marketing was the perfect in-between? You know, think of it in terms of a Venn diagram. Marketing was that middle ground between philosophy and public speaking. Well, I realized that through marketing there would be the potential to, you know, get into public relations or advertising or just doing something where I'd be able to be in front of an audience. And marketing also encompassed the... I guess the why of a business, you know, it's the, the purpose, the, the meaning for it. So from my perspective at the time, I found that to be the ideal career path to take. So you're 18 years old then, you want to go into marketing. 
how did that change for you in college or was that just kind of you know throughout college and different classes you took you became more certain that this is one what you wanted to go into or when did the data analytics kind of come into play so the data analytics kind of came into play once i started to get more experience through internships um, started taking more classes there were even a few entrepreneurial pursuits i went through and it seemed that the more I would look into business myself and uh, take these classes that dealt with marketing, the more I was questioning the, I guess, the legitimacy of a business degree. Uh, so I, I kept, you know, reading about the importance of technology, becoming well-versed in coding. Um, I kept seeing more about how if you're going into college, it's most ideal to go into a STEM field. So I decided to add on a, another major, uh, business analytics, to, I guess, encompass part of that STEM pursuit. I had a goal of going into marketing research, but as I studied both marketing and business analytics, something surprised me in that I actually became a lot more interested in the analytical side of business rather than the marketing side. So two questions from that then, and I'm a, so when you say STEM, that just means like the yeah the analytics, like the technology aspect of it, or what does STEM actually stand like? That's one of those phrases I know I've heard before, but not exactly quite certain what STEM is. So STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. So STEM would encompass the more right side parts gotcha. of the brain. Yeah. You know, I guess the structured, whereas the left side of the brain is the more creative. So you also said that as you studied more and looked more into this, that you thought that business and marketing and you were questioning the legitimacy of a college degree in that. Can you kind of go into more detail with that mm -hmm. in your thought process? Yeah, looking more into marketing in the current era. Um, you know, marketting, it's, it's not that marketing isn't important. I mean, it's more important than ever before. I mean, right. everywhere you look is, is marketing. And I realize the marketing of our current age deals with a lot of social media ads as well as um, very, uh, I guess, structured strategic methods of getting messages to us. And I realized what I was witnessing in everyday, day-to-day -day life was very far forward than what I was learning in these classes. In the hmm. classes, I would be, you know, writing memos and, uh, you know, having these lessons where I'd learn about marketing methods from, you know, decades behind. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, right because I, in the in the classes you're studying marketing in the sense of like you know we're studying history, so you're mm -hmm. studying. Uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago and what did work and what hasn't worked rather than today, everything is changing so much. So again, at least if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying because everything's changing so much that it would be more beneficial just to get that real world experience in terms of marketing that you just jump out there and just start doing it because the stuff mm -hmm. you're learning about is things that they're already talking about have or haven't been a success rather than fully studying the what's capable today and the technologies that's available with marketing absolutely i mean is the is learning the four p's of marketing more valuable than learning you know search engine optimization or something that would be applicable to modern day marketing oh my goodness yo okay 
I know I said on the one episode I was going to stop doing this, but oh my goodness. <laughs> that line. Oh, and maybe I... <laughs> okay, and partly I resonate with that line because, you know, I heard about the four piece of marketing a thousand times. I mean, in my four-year degree, you know, when I was business finance, but I never once heard of the term SEO. And we learned about the four piece of marketing so many times. And now that I am, uh, you know, a couple years removed from college, I can't say I have ever, I, I can't even tell you what the four P's of marketing are. I forget what they <laughs> are. And SEO yeah. is something that we talk about within my work environment. We talk about at least weekly. You know, we're constantly mm -hmm. talking about SEO. And it's something that's at the very forefront of our mind with all of the social media content and everything that we're doing and every and the social media content that we are creating. Mm -hmm. But that was not anything that we even talked about. And all we talked about was these four P's of marketing. Whew. Wow, Ted, dude, Ted Mosby, that's what I was looking for right there. That, <laughs> What experiences do you learn then from your entrepreneurial adventures? Yeah, so I mean, when it came to my entrepreneurial ventures, I mean, there were quite a few. I've uh, you know, tried starting some projects I've worked with people on. Um, some projects have gone farther than others, but no matter what, I mean, these have all been learning experiences that I've done. So above all else, what the entrepreneurial ventures have shown me is, I guess, what it's like to start from the ground up of having known no knowledge and, uh, if anything, just figuring out where to find all the resources in order to, you know, learn more about a specific industry or something you want to learn how to do. So how many different, uh, you know, how many different irons did you have in the fire then? Because I guess I knew about one of your companies that you were trying to start when you were in college. But like, were there other companies that you were trying to do? Or was it more so kind of you walking alongside somebody else with helping theirs? Uh, I guess in that, you know, the way you kind of worded it there, it sounded like there were potential several ventures that you were looking into. It was primarily just me working with one other person or two other people. Um, one of the projects was, I guess, kind of a, uh, a Kickstarter type film where we'd raise money over a Kickstarter platform that would allow people to, you know, send money as well as a video clip of themselves. And eventually we'd turn it into a movie that would just be a collage of a bunch of people sharing their thoughts about life. Another project I worked with was. I guess kind of a customizable children's book company. So I uh, did teach myself some computer programming to, uh, I guess, potentially develop a code for that. There was a project for a new to the market survival product that I worked on. That one uh, was actually part of, BGSU has this program called The Hatch, which is similar to Shark Tank. and. Okay. Um, got selected for that program to pitch that idea at. Didn't get funding, but definitely learned a lot uh, through that process. You know, hindsight being 2020 now, would you say, you know, you having an entrepreneurial spirit, spirit, excuse me, and going for it uh, in college, do you think you learned more from that, from those different, you know, avenues that you took? than the actual in the classroom setting things that you would learn you know even projects maybe you worked on for class but what you worked on in class and for classes versus what you just did on your own outside of school 
Oh, without a doubt. And I mean, this isn't any knock on the education system. You got to keep in mind, and the university, you're working with professors who've, you know, that's been their world for the last 20 years. Right. So it's not that they're at fault for this. It's just the way the entire system is structured isn't conducive to what the real world is truly like. So definitely getting your hands dirty, figuring out what it's like out there, that taught me a lot, um, as well as actually working in companies uh, through internships, really showed me, okay, this is this is what companies are doing. I'm seeing firsthand what they're doing rather than hearing about what they're doing. Those real-world experiences make a large, large difference rather than just reading about it in a textbook. So let's mm-hmm. just, I want to get straight to it then, just to ask you, Again, with, obviously, because of hindsight being 2020, you can look back now. If you go back to 18-year-old Ted Mosby, do you still go to college for a degree in marketing and data analytics? If I could redo it over, what I would do is I would still go to college, but I'd pursue a degree in uh, data science, which I would essentially be working a similar role to what I'm doing now. You know, there as we evolve and as entrepreneurship grows more there you, you do see people that you know kind of uh criticize the nine to five work life cubicle life but this is usually from people who are not enjoying what they do in the nine to five so i'm looking back i don't i don't know if i'd change anything because i thoroughly enjoy what i'm doing now um, in data analytics and right, I mean, obviously, everything that you've done so far and through college, through those experiences, you were able to put that two and two together. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things, would you have been able to put that two and two together if you had never gone to college to even experience that, you know? Exactly, um, which has been the ultimate benefit of a college education for me. Boom. So let's, so again, you mentioned there about data analytics. So you are current, is it State Bank, correct? Correct, yep. State Bank, and you are doing data analytics, and you have been there since you graduated in May? Yep, that's right. So going on about a year here pretty soon. So with this job, how has this been, you know, because this is, again, internships are great. Internships are phenomenal. But, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like with my experiences, I've noticed, you know, internships, it's three months. And you, at least for myself, I just have a different mindset when I know I'm only going to be there for three months. Compared Mm -hmm. to once you get in that full-time job, you know, not that you're necessarily like, yeah, I'm going to be here for the until the day I die, but it's still it's like, okay, this is now like a real job. Like everybody around me is assuming that I'm going to be here for an extended period of time. I am assuming that I'm going to be here an extended period of time, and I just have a different mindset, different attitude going into it. I guess my question is getting real-world experience within data analytics and with at the bank. Like how, you know, what are pros and cons, I guess, of this first real job it's interesting because you know outside of an internship and a real job <laughs> the 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 main reality check is realizing man people people are relying on me now you know it's i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a facilitator you know it's like if, if something goes wrong i'm getting blamed man <laughs> so from the experience and like what do you feel like you've learned so far with this again you've talked about learning different things from the entrepreneur or entrepreneurial side in college learning things in the classroom setting but like what do you feel like you have learned the most from this you know nine months of real world experience 
I currently work in the IT department at State Bank, so I've learned a tremendous amount of uh, what goes on in the IT world. I've learned a lot about technology, um, way more with computers than I thought was even possible. Sure. I, at this point, I definitely feel like I have a better understanding of um, information technology than I do business uh, terminology. So outside of just, you know, obviously learning more about the financial services industry, um, being a data analyst, working in the IT department, I've, uh, I definitely have a more firm understanding of what happens with uh, the computer side of uh, business operations. And moving forward through your career, is that kind of the side that you want to go towards? Do you want to go towards the data and the analytics, or do you eventually kind of want to get back into like the marketing aspect? I, I definitely have more of an interest in the uh, technology-oriented side of it. Um, after I work as, you know, once I become an experienced data analyst, the next step from here is to become a data scientist which is kind of similar, but involves a lot more um, coding, uh, involves a more firm understanding of statistics. In essence, a data analyst figures out what the data as it is, is telling us. Whereas a data scientist figures out more predictive models, figures out what the future, what the data is forecasting for the future. So somewhat similar roles, but as I advance in my career, I'm hoping to become more technical uh, with the processes I do. Again, because what you're doing now is saying, here's this data which is already created, now let's study it compared to the data, let's study it based on kind of past results rather than the data scientist is looking towards the future and trying to predict different trends, correct? Am I understanding that right? Uh, that's correct, yep. Okay, awesome. Um, so yeah, moving forward then as well, I, I mean, do you hope, do you ever kind of want to get back into the entrepreneurial side and do your own, you know, is, I guess I don't know that much about data scientists. Like, is that something you could do, like have your own data scientist business, or that's something that you would always have like a role within a company or a corporation, or, you know, maybe do this kind of entrepreneurial things on the side and not necessarily a full time gig, you know, eventually. Well, the entrepreneurial perspective is key to have in business. I mean, day to day when I'm working, I'm always thinking about, okay, how would I function as a data analytics freelancer? Um, you know, this is something I've looked into quite heavily. Um, every time I look into this, I find more skills I should pick up on. And as I work in my corporate life, I realize I need to gain a thorough understanding of what I'm doing if I were to replicate that as an individual for other companies. So then what I do at the bank, I make sure to have such a firm understanding of in such a way that I could then replicate it later on. So if we enter you know, our nine to five jobs from that kind of entrepreneurial perspective, realizing, all right, tomorrow, if I had to do what I do as an individual, how well equipped could I be? So I'm, I'm definitely interested in the potential uh, moving forward for entrepreneurial endeavors. That is awesome. So let's get into the last question, Ted. question I ask every single person on the show. So what are you doing today? What is Ted Mosby doing today on 
February 22nd, 2020, what are you doing to reach your dreams, to reach your long-term goals? So something I'm doing today to better myself for tomorrow, I'm uh, teaching myself uh, computer programming. So I'm teaching myself this coding language called Python. Essentially, through learning this coding, it will better help me in my pursuit to become a data scientist, but also expand my knowledge of the IT world. And as anyone that teaches themselves coding knows, the best way to do this is to really just work on projects that you find interesting. Because when you're doing something that you personally find interesting, it doesn't even feel like work. It just feels like, uh, you know, having a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, that's like anything in life, you know. If you're doing something that you love and you enjoy, it doesn't feel like work, you know. It just, it, it's like a task that you want to accomplish rather than something you feel like you're being forced to accomplish. Is that through YouTube or how do you just teach any, I, I'm somebody over here that knows nothing about programming, nothing about Python, like in terms that I've heard of, but how do you teach yourself that? Well, 99% of it involves copy-pasting. But the other 1% is the part that's hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that 1%, that's what takes a while. But uh, as you said, YouTube has definitely been the best resource because it's amazing how much user-generated content is out there. There are an abundance of online courses that are just completely free, be it through Udemy or Udacity. And, you know... In coding, I mean, a lot of it involves Googling, and um, if you have a question, it's more than likely someone's asked that question uh, before you have. So there, there are definitely a numerous amount of resources out there for uh, learning it. And that's something, you know, it goes back to what we were talking earlier about the college degree, and that's something that, yeah, you could probably take a class and learn, but also with it being 2020 and how much information is accessible, you can literally teach yourself to program with Python for free on the internet, you know? And why can you do that? Because it's something you want to do and it's something you have looked into and you are actively doing, which this wasn't even available 20 years ago, 30, 40 years ago, where you had to go to that brick and mortar, the classroom setting to learn these kind of skills. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. We live in some incredible times that there are just so many more resources out there than we ever imagined. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you, Ted. I appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, whew, man, that I can't wait to go back and crop that four P's and marketing versus SEO thing. That was phenomenal. <laughs> thank you hey, for taking man. your time, man. Hey, it was great to be on here, man. Have a good one, Ted. Hey, thanks. You too.